Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and ask us. The more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project Podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost. Exercise for Prostate Cancer Incorporated, a not-for-profit charity set up in 2012 by myself, Dr. Joe Milios. If you want to know any more information about PROST, including our online service now available, please just go to prost.com.au. PROST means cheers to your health, so PROST to you. So stop for a second and listen. Today, Penis Podcast people, we are speaking to Mrs. Parker. Uh, Mrs. Parker, you might remember that Parker, her husband, spoke to us number three episode he was, and he had just been through prostate cancer, and he'd done amazingly well and was using injections, and you hadn't been married very long at the time when he got his diagnosis. So today, we've had lots of requests to have the female view of what it's like being the co-survivor in prostate cancer. So we're going to speak with Mrs. Parker today, and she's going to help us out. And Joe's here as well. So hello, how are you going? Great, thank you. All right, so Mrs. Parker, we would like to go back to the very beginning of how life was before this prostate cancer diagnosis came into your world. You were only recently married and embarking in a whole new world when, yeah, Parker had this whole thing probably drop into your lap. I think you were only married for five months. Five months and we um, met maybe a year and a half before that doing the online dating. So all very, very new and exciting. And, uh, yeah, so it was a bit of a surprise to get a diagnosis. And what, what were your most concerns? What was, were you most concerned about when you first found out? Um, well, actually, going back, when we first uh, found that the PSI was higher, um, I didn't think much about it, thinking, oh, well, we'll just wait and see. But then a second PSI was done, and so the surgeon told get an MRI. So we, we had to wait around a bit for that. So a little bit anxious about waiting around. Uh, went with him for the MRI and uh, I think we did get the results that day. So being naughty people, we looked at the report <laughs> and then started Googling and so got a bit anxious then. Um, but uh, then we waited another couple of weeks to see the surgeon um, and when we went there, uh, he... Um, he said the prognosis is going to be very, very good. So that sort of set my mind at rest. And, uh, yeah, so it was a, a 
bit better, a bit scary, but um, yeah, and feeling anxious, of course. Mm. And did the surgeon mention to you what the likely side effects were? Like obviously he would have told you that from a cancer point of view, the outcome was expected to be good, but did he talk to you about the side effects? He did, um, and he said that there will be need to be follow-up with physio, uh, doing his exercises at home, and then uh, sexual performance, he'll need to have assistance with, whether it be uh, drugs or injections. So those were the options, um, and he said that that could improve over time, about a year post-operation. Um, so yeah, at least there was some sort of reassurance that we could continue our sex life. Hmm. So that was good. And do you remember feeling at all overwhelmed at any time with, with this being so new to a relationship? Um, not really, I suppose. Um, just managing appointments and getting everything in place for the operation. Um, actually and I'm sort of not new to the medical field because during our courtship we were uh, we did have different things happen to both of us and we ended up in hospital and oh, okay. so <laughs> I have every faith in the hospital system so yeah I just because we went you know we were seeing the top surgeon for his procedure um, and yeah that was reassuring. It's good and it sounds that, like you were attending a lot of the medical appointments with Parker and sometimes I'm a little bit uh, intrigued that more men don't bring along their partners to my consultations as a physiotherapist. But, yeah, was um, Parker open to you coming along or was it just something that you were in together no matter what? I think, yeah, in together, um yeah, I think it was important for me to come along for the appointments. Um, luckily, I'm retired, so that wasn't an option of getting time off work. Um, but to, to to go with your partner is important. You're getting a lot of information and Parker may not have been taking all that in, whereas I, I was listening as well. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing to go along. Did you find that after your appointments that then there was a lot of discussion about what options you were going to make or was it easy to make the choice to have surgery or was it something that you mulled over and thought about? No, there was no um, problem with going ahead. That was the only option. I think um, having radiation treatment wasn't an option at all. So, yeah, that was explained. Best scenario was to do the operation robotically, actually. So it sounds to me like from the outset you were feeling quite confident, like you weren't worried that he was going to die, for instance, or you were feeling confident about... Oh, very confident. We're, you know, having a, the top surgeon more or less and doing it robotically um, and having faith in the um, medical system we've got here. Um, I wasn't too concerned, especially not dying or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we just mainly take each day as it came and, um, yeah, get through a day at a time, I suppose. Right. So when after the surgery, was there a period of time where there was incontinence? 
There was. So after surgery, um, for a week after surgery, there's a catheter. Catheter, sorry, <laughs> yeah. catheter in place for that week. So that's okay. Then after that's taken out, there was a bit of incontinence. Um, so he was had to wear pads, things like that. Um, not really a problem per se. For Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that, and, and Parker was very good with doing his exercises. So I think that really helped a lot. Um, and um, I'm guessing maybe after uh, three weeks, three or four weeks, that would improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Parker did really, really well. And uh, do you remember because this is always something that most guys that I work with are quite confronted by, the whole uh, step of buying consonants pads. Did you do that for him or did he do that for himself? Or do you remember how how that particular thing was confronted? Um, no, we didn't really worry too much. He, um, he, I think he's bought them, so I didn't have to go out and buy them. Um, there, There's a bit of a story because uh, uh, you probably a year before this, he um, had a parasite. And so he had to have a colonoscopy and we were going, the night before the colonoscopy, we were booked in to go to a a performance. (laughs) And so the, the nurse said, oh, you shouldn't go because you're going to get into all sorts of trouble. (laughs) The procedures (laughs) for the clean out. (laughs) Yes. Um, So... He, uh, I think we, for some reason, we had a pad or something. So he wore a pad and we used to call it his pull-ups. So <laughs> it wasn't really a problem. We called them his pull-ups. Okay. That's good. So so that's great that he was not too uh, mortified by that. I tend to have a little system I call the boomerang system with the boomerang boxes, which means um, just as Parker's just done now, actually, if a guy finishes with the pads and he's bought too many to, to bring them to me and then I hand them over to the next right. new patient mm. just so that there's less intimidation about having to con- confront those aisles in the supermarket. But, yeah, it's really reassuring um, that he wasn't too stressed about it because I know a lot of guys potentially that's the, the biggest issue, actually, just, oh. yeah. So let's go back to the first time you both came and saw me. Um, Melissa, it's speaking, if you don't know who this my loud voice, but anyway, that's who it is. Um, how did you feel? Like, did you feel worried, relieved? Were you embarrassed coming to the appointment? How did you feel about that? Oh, I, I felt quite intrigued, actually. Um, I've never been to a sexologist <laughs> before. So, no, I was I was quite happy. Um, Parker had seen you once before, so this was his second appointment. So, we knew how nice you were. <laughs> um, and so this appointment was to try out the injection. So, um, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting what can be done. Um, uh, Parker didn't um, have any success with the uh, medications to help with um, sexual function. Um, so, yeah, that was this was the option for us and it's turned out to be a good option. Um, So, yeah, it was a good appointment. 
I was just going to say, so right at the very beginning, um, Parker tried the medications and it's really common that they won't work at all. The um, oral ones, yeah? Oral yeah, medication. the oral medications, yeah. It's like the Viagra's and the yes. Cialis type medications. So it's almost a minor miracle if they will actually work. So it's always, um, I think, reassuring to know that that's pretty much the normal outcome, but that we do have those uh, other options. And it's great that you were both willing to um, give that a go. So... I'd like to just pare down to when you actually did try those first injections. So Melissa normally does the test injections. Did that go yeah. well? Yeah, that went really well, didn't it? The test injection reminds me. It did, me. yes. Um, so uh, we went home after the injection um, and actually I can't really remember <laughs> um, if it happened. I think... In the beginning, we didn't realise that we had to do st the stimulation as well yeah. as the injection. So a couple of times, the first two times we tried, um, we didn't realise we had to do a bit more. Uh, but now, um, yeah, we have a, a good sex life and, um, yeah, it's and. Um, he doesn't have a problem with doing the injection at all. He doesn't himself. Yeah. So Parker's uh, 12 months post-op now, isn't he? And you've been using them for pretty much most of that time, haven't you? And you have you felt like do you, the biggest complaint that I get about injections is lack of spontaneity. And I always say to people, and I'd love your view of this, is that I think the guys should do it and then go in and surprise their partner and say, ta-da! You know, here it is, because that's usually what happens when you're initiating sex. You don't usually go so and have a big conversation about whether or not you're going to have it that day. But what's your opinion of that? Um, yes. No, I'm not really sure. Uh, yes, sort of ha has done that, done the injection and... And then I see the evidence of the injection. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh, here we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, well, I think for males there's more sex drive than females. And um, so, yeah, the males usually initiate the um, the sexual, act sexual activity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, so, yeah, it probably is a good thing mm. that um, they do the injection. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't mind if Steve said, what about an injection, mm. that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I, see, I would be feeling almost the opposite. Like I would almost think I wouldn't particularly want to have that kind of just suddenly arrive in front of me, evidence, <laughs> so to speak, without some planning uh, and that's the thing that a lot of guys talk to me about that that planning thing is um challenging so uh yeah build, building mm, I think there's two ways to look at it like one is you always plan a holiday and when you plan a holiday you look forward to it so you can plan to make love with your partner yes. I think and then the other way to look at it is though sometimes you just want to be surprised and as a female partner you don't have to say yes and I always say to men if you inject and you've got, you know, an erection and your partner doesn't want anything to do with it that day, that's okay. It's just good exercise. Just let him go up and flop again. <laughs> exactly. And I think, um, yep, that, that's a good way. Um, I think one time he did do the injection and I, I, yeah, I just wasn't in the mood. In the mood. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's that's how it goes. Mm. Yeah. Melissa, can you explain a little bit more about the the need for stimulation with the injections? Mm. So you actually, if you get the dose right, you will get an erection without stimulation, but it's much better. You can use a much lower dose with stimulation. So I always think of it is if you give the a, a higher dose and you're thinking about your grandmother's underpants, which hopefully you're not finding a turn on, it'll still work. But you can use a much smaller dose, which is good with stimulation because you get extra blood pumping through and nature augments helps the injection along and that's better because then you don't end up with an erection that lasts too long and things subside quicker so you can do either it can work so tablets never work without stimulation injections you can increase the dose a little bit and they can work without stimulation but it is much better to use a smaller dose and stimulate okay and so over time mrs parker have you found that you need less um medication or are you are you not part of that um solution <laughs> no you're right yes we are i think we're less than half we're using now so that's happened the last two months that um parker has reduced the amount that he's using so, good, good and he, he does he is getting some feeling uh, back so that's very promising yeah, that's great. So at 12 months, you would be hoping that you were starting to reduce the dose. And next time I see Parker, we'll get him to try some tablets now. Because once you start reducing the dose, it means that your nerves are starting to wake up or come out of their coma. And it's a good time to try tablets. It doesn't mean they'll definitely work, but it's certainly worth trying and keeping trying. Yeah, and, and um, reassuringly, the, the king of erectile dysfunction is a guy called Professor John Molehole from United um, States. And he runs John Hopkins um, University, a whole lot of research that he's done in neurology. And uh, here's a really awesome um, interview uh, from a lecture series he did way back in 2011. And one of the probably most pivotal things he stated was that most men will improve more spontaneously in the second year after their radical prostatectomy. So that's always really reassuring from my point of view as well, to be able to say to guys, if you just have this early phase of putting in the effort, um, getting the injections going, building up the sort of stretchability of the penis and the penile tissues, then over time, um, as nature takes its course and its repairs, then, then the likelihood for less um, medication in, in the injections, the number of units drop down, and then the potential to, to um, move back to um, less invasive things like the, the Viagra-type tablets. So... I always encourage patients to maybe once a month just try taking mm. like a full Viagra. How, how would that be something that you would negotiate in the, in the clinical setting, Melissa? Yeah, so I always encourage people every four to eight weeks to try a tablet and see how things are going. But always say don't be disappointed in the first 12 months because it's not that common that they work between before six months definitely and at least up to 12 months. So I think it's a fine line between doing a challenge dose yeah, and realising that not being disappointed if it doesn't work, but it doesn't mean it's never going to work. So has Parker done a challenge dose recently that you know of? No, and actually I didn't realise that this was the next step. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, having the injection is just, it keeps it the medication in just that one area, whereas mm. taking a tablet is... You know, you're taking it into your body. Is that 
and there could be side effects too. Mm. So I'm wondering, is there the option to keep having the injection? Definitely. So, yeah, that's a really good question. So some men actually, like when they take Viagra or Cialis or Levitra or Spedra, will get like hot flushes, headaches, and some get really bad reflux. And in those instances, otherwise, there's no problem whatsoever with using the injections indefinitely or until spontaneous erection returns. So I say don't worry about it because you're right, the injection works just in the penis and the tablets otherwise cause reactions all through the body. So if you're someone who takes Viagra and doesn't get a headache, use it. But if you're someone who takes it, no one feels like having sex with a headache. So don't, just keep using the injections and then when stop that when spontaneous erection. So you can choose either way. There's no problem at all. Oh, that's good. Mm. Yeah. Be up the park, up. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's also really important to just um, kind of clarify the fact that when you take tablets, it's really important to have stimulation. Definitely. Because when I first sort of learned about the world of Viagra, I thought that a man would take a, an inge- a, a, a tablet and then a few minutes later things would rise to attention. But that is not so. So I often encourage guys to try taking the tablets independent of their um, partner as well before they sort of commit themselves to that performance situation. And I, I find that's a nice way of just, you know, setting the um, benchmark for where things are at as well. So that's a, that's a really helpful thing. And and uh, just yesterday I actually had a patient who um, hadn't had much benefit from Viagra, but when I did actually encourage him to take it on an empty stomach, it suddenly actually oh. worked. So that's another mm. little tip from the from the trade, from the tradesmen yeah. themselves. That's a good Any idea. comment on that, Melissa? No, that's very, very good idea. So um, Cialis and Spedra aren't affected by food, but Viagra is definitely affected by a full stomach. Um, I was just going to ask Mrs Parker, um, in the event that Parker doesn't get his spontaneous erection back, how how are you going to feel about that? And, like, do you feel like moving forward you could use injections indefinitely or would that be really disappointing or do you feel like that would be something that would be okay oh i think i think it'd be more disappointing for parker um to have to you know if he did have to keep taking having the injections um for me um not so much uh you know it's it's still important to have the sexual function and part of the relationship so if that's what it takes i think that'd be fine hmm. yeah yeah mm. okay do you have anything else on that joy yeah i'm just actually wondering um really getting to the nitty-gritty i suppose so once you actually have the injection and you have a full erection and you engage in sexual intercourse then you have a, a normal orgasm and um, does the um kind of tissues completely retract as per normal Melissa no what tell us a little bit about that you tell us Mrs Parker what happens after (laughs) once the job's done the job's done um you know the tissues don't go back for a while so he'll stay hard um I'm not too sure how long but I think he likes that feeling anyway so uh Mm. So it's good exercise as long as it doesn't stay up longer than two hours. If it stays up longer than two hours, then he'd need to take some Sudafed to make it go down. And I know with Parker's doesn't stay up that long. I think it stays up for about an hour with him, which is great. It's good exercise. And the other exciting thing, Jo, in answer to your question, is that most men are never able to have more than one orgasm in one sex session, you know, unless they're 18 normally, because as soon as they've had an orgasm, their penis goes down. 
but I've had quite a few men um, that use injections tell me that they've suddenly become multi-orgasmic because that is so interesting. It goes up yeah. and it doesn't go down for an hour, so they've got time to have a couple of cracks of the whip, I suppose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always wondered that, and another thing is that some um, men have expressed to me that their um, female partners have said that it. It's a different type of erection. It's a much harder erection, which may or may not be um, desirable. Have you got any comment to make about that? Not really. Um, it's it's satisfying for me. Um, it's not any different. Some are harder than others. You know, I don't know what that why, um, but no, not a problem at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you got anything to comment on that, Melissa? Yeah, I have had some guys tell me that their partners said that the um, erection from the injections is harder than it was before and therefore a little bit painful for the female partner. I question whether or not it just happens that the female partner is going through menopause at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So they've got their own issues going on and it's a coincidence and they haven't noticed. Or sometimes it's just a matter of let's reduce the dose a bit so it's not quite so hard. Um, so I think there can be certainly be adjustments made for that. It might be that they also need to use a good quality lube because their female partner's vagina's changing or they need some estrogen. Or So I think it's important that if the female is noticing some change like that, that we can tweak the dose or give them something to help that. But, yeah, it is. I've heard exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah cool. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to say, Mrs. Parker? Is there anything we've kind of got right into the nitty gritty, haven't we? Is there I anything? It could be enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Oh, one no. question. Oh, sorry, yes. you go. Go. No, I think it's great having these podcasts and a lot, you know, there's lots of information out there. So hopefully it's been helpful. No, it's so great. We've had so many people say they'd like to hear it from the female point of view. Have you, Jo? You oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's fantastic. And you know, we've been wanting to interview you for ages. I just wanted to ask one more question and then we'll let you go. Camping. I know you guys have been camping with your injections. Now, how have you managed that? Because travel is <laughs> a question people ask a lot. Not a problem. Um, yeah, we've got a camper trailer. We love it. And But... Yeah, not a problem with the doing the injections. I think because we use the, the toilet block um, at the caravan parks, he'll go and do the injection. Or I think he does the injection in the camper trailer, actually. Okay. But not a problem at all. Yeah, so mm. all's good. I've actually got a funny little story to tell about another oh, couple that yeah. they went camping across the Nullarbor. And if they're listening, I hope you get a giggle and you know who you are. But um, they were camping across the Nullarbor and he was complaining that his wife never initiates sex. And so she was like, they're parked on the edge of the Great Australian Bite. <laughs> they hadn't seen anyone for days and he'd gone fishing or something. And then he walked back to the caravan and he did it. She didn't see that someone was driving down the bush track towards them and she flung open the door and was standing stark naked in the doorway <laughs> holding the like auto injector with the needle already. And it's like, how about it? Right as the other people drove straight past and he said he just couldn't stop her in time. And then she just, they were like looking out the window of the car and they drove really close because they were parked right next to the thing and she ran back inside. And then she couldn't come out of the caravan for three days until they left. And he also said he never got to use the injection. <laughs> 
and she was furious at him because she was like, it's your fault because you made me initiate it. Look what happened. Not with their pants down. Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Aww. So anyway, that's the moral of the story is that don't initiate when you're camping at the Great Australian Bar. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Mrs. Parker, for coming in. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. It's been a real treat to have you share your experiences. So we will have many grateful females, that's for sure. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Gonna tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our program today. And we're pleased to let you know that we will be having weekly podcasts, not fortnightly, as originally proposed. And this is because of the popularity of our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions and so much feedback and Melissa and I greatly appreciate it. What we'd really love you to do is share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit, including any man in your life. Simply download off Spotify or subscribe to thepenisproject.org and then you'll get a weekly email of our newest releases. Also feel free to send us a review and this will greatly help in our ongoing ability to bring you new and fresh information as that's the way we build what comes next. We also have show notes attached and this gives a bit of a background into any additional resources or explanations of what we're talking about. Finally, it's my great pleasure to let you know that Prost the exercise program which sponsors our podcast is now available on a USB resource for any man diagnosed with prostate cancer, an exercise program. Clinicians can buy these as well as the everyday bloke. So feel free to check out prost.com.au. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. I learned to value each and